Hello and welcome to SWAT Radio with Doug McCary of His Light Ministries. So happy you are listening today. I am Taylor Johnson, and if you would like to join us in our discussion, please call us at 1-844-777-7928. Again, that's 1-844-777-SWAT. Or you can email us at ask at SWATradio.com. Ask, A-S-K, at SWATradio.com. Well, today is Monday. It is a new week, Doug. What do you know today? Oh, let me get this mic over here for a second. Uh, it is a Monday, and uh, it really, uh, we got a couple of prayer things that we need to throw out there to people right away. Uh, by the way, I hope you're having a great October. We got our first real taste of fall this weekend. It got a little mm-hmm. cooler for the first time. Um, but I'm so glad you're listening to us uh, today, and hopefully you'll be encouraged as we look at the life of Saul uh, post Damascus Road, which was really incredible uh, to see what God did uh, in his life, which means that nobody's beyond the scope of God's power. But that being said, I don't know what God's doing down in Haiti, but a mm-hmm. Haitian gang abducted 17 mostly American missionaries down there, and uh, they think they're asking a million dollars per hostage. Wow. And uh, they have been known to kill those who've not paid in the past. Uh, they're called the 400 Mawozo Gang. Wouldn't that mean uh, inexperienced men or something like yes. that? Yeah. And uh, I tell you, Haiti's been having some issues. And our good mm-hmm. uh, friend Lockwood Holmes, you know, he's oh. uh, his, his, his son is down there and, and been helping with the aid. And he's been very involved with that. I know Joe White from Camp Kennecuck, their ministry is very involved with helping. In fact, I think that was one of the places that my daughter uh, was scheduled to, or could have gone. I don't know. I think she's going to Peru. But uh, at the gap year, they can go to either Haiti, I think, or hmm. um, maybe it's the Bahamas and, and Peru. But anyway, um, this is a it's a big deal. We need to remember to pray for those Um they include seven women and five children yeah. as young as two. Um, uh, and um, these missionaries were told by the uh, uh, State Department not to go down there uh, because of the kidnapping concerns. Uh, and this particular group has been kidnapping a lot. And um, Didn't they kidnap like four priests earlier in the yeah, year or something? I read that. Yeah, nuns, uh-huh. And... Um, and so um, it, it is a bad thing. We need to remember this group uh, uh, and pray for them because uh, right now, uh, one former missionary said, right now it, it, it is very unwise uh, that uh, so many uh, you know American missionaries might be down there. Hmm. Um, he said, but, um, you know... Uh, who who knows what God led them to do? I I don't I don't want to second guess anybody because I know I've done things before. I remember when I was going to uh, the Philippines, going down to Mindanao the first time uh, I went over there to teach, and there were Filipinos on the plane going, "Why are you going down there? You're going to die." <laughs> <laughs> I wow. mean, like 
So I'm like, okay. Uh, but I knew God wanted me to be there, and uh, and he had led me to go there. But these missionaries were from Christian Aid Ministries um, and said they had uh, they had just returned. To, they have a base of operations down there in Haiti. They've been operating down there. But when the uh, president and all that turmoil happened, they went away. Um, and uh, we just certainly need to pray for them. Christian Aid Ministries out of Ohio. Um, I mean, these women and children, I, I know that uh, it must be really scary. So we need to pray for them, for God's peace and comfort. Um, regardless of what the earthly outcome is, our God can mm-hmm. give them peace and comfort and pray that he would do that. And so uh, remember that that's kind of big, the big news. Uh, there's other things going on, but that's certainly at the you know, oh, yeah. top of our, our, our prayer list right now. And so these obviously they so they probably were living down there uh, before you know since they left after the yeah, assassination. I think, I, yeah, like, I think I think they had been down there before, and um, because they took their family, so it seemed like they were you know like it's not it wasn't something like we're there for you know a, a few months type thing. It, it seemed more like a permanent thing, right? Or, yeah. Well, yeah, they were. I think they were just returning to go back and live down there, yeah. and then they were kidnapped. But that's that's not the only place piece of, people are, are kidnapped. They're they're kidnapped other places uh as well in the world south america colombia and some other places so uh, that's just the closest one to the states right oh, i guess except for mexico obviously but I, yeah. for for us in florida it's the closest spot right yeah yeah, yeah. um you know um uh also uh general powell yeah. uh, passed away i saw that uh, um and, uh, you know, he had served this country in a lot of different capacities. Um, and, you know, one of the things that he said that uh, I think it was Jim Dennison that observed this or said this, wrote about this, that General Powell said that great leaders treat people well who they don't have to treat well. Mm. Um, and it's, it's true. You know, if you're a good leader, right? I mean, you do. You don't treat people well who just can help you along the way and um, he, he didn't he have kind of a uh i mean a true american success story i don't know a bunch about about his background but i thought i remember hearing like he didn't you know he kind of came up through the ranks so to speak right he, he wasn't like some uh heavy background person where you think oh yeah he's definitely gonna be well a he was born day. in harlem to yeah. jamaican parents i mean like uh so uh i grew up in the south bronx that alone yeah <laughs> Just surviving growing up in the South Bronx. Yeah. Uh, and uh, I graduated from uh, City College in New York and then got in the Army um, and uh, served in Vietnam. And, and I mean, he was uh, a national security advisor to yeah. Ronald Reagan. Mm-hmm. And um, and then he was chairman of the Joint Chiefs. And, uh, I mean, he was Secretary of State under George Bush, George W. Bush. And... Um, I mean, he, he just, he, he accomplished a lot and, um, uh, you know, uh, now he's gone and I think he died from COVID yeah. uh, after said, being double vaccinated. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, so, but he had some issues, some other comorbidity yeah. things mm-hmm. going on. And, um, I mean, he was 84, you know, that's, you know, and I think, I think whether you're thinking about the missionaries or whether you're thinking about, uh, Colin Powell, cause I mean, Colin Powell was in his 80s, mm-hmm. right? I mean, nobody, nobody, unless you have a diagnosis of a terminal disease, 
even when you have a when you have a treatable disease no n- nobody wakes up thinking that's their last day yeah and um you know we we should be ready every day mm-hmm. to be our last day and uh, especially as believers uh, every every day that we have was preordained so we we don't know but yeah. god does mm-hmm. he knows the number of ticks in our heart he knows when that truck may swerve in front of us he knows when you know that exposure to whatever might cause us something i mean there i I, sometimes you know um i read these i read the news a lot and you see these bizarre ways people die yeah and uh i remember there used to be a show called a a thousand ways to die or Uh something and it just showed all these bizarre ways people die some guy in in california got hit by a meteor I mean, he's had in his backyard and, you know, I mean, talk about your chance to yeah. go. I mean, what are the chances of, I mean, it was, wasn't even a big rock, but it was, it came from so space. Fast, so it's yeah. like a, it's like a shotgun yeah. blast or, or whatever hit him. So you just never know when, when your time is. And that's why we live every day as if it's our last, especially with what's going on in our world right now. And, um, you know, I hope that if you're listening to SWAT radio today, um, if you're a first-time listener, like Taylor said, SWAT stands for Spiritual Warriors Advancing Truth. And our, our desire is to share the truth uh, uh, of God's Word and get it out there so that people know the truth. And, yeah, we, we talk the first 15 minutes, usually the first segment, uh, about what's going on in the world and as believers, how we respond to those things and how we think about those things. Um, and I realize there's a lot of people that listen, not everybody agrees with what we say and that's fine. We're all different. Um, and, um, you know, but we, Taylor and I do our best to try to think through things from a biblical perspective as we look at the world and, um, and sometimes we blow it, right? (laughs) Sometimes we, we don't get it right, but that's okay. Uh, there's grace and we thank God for mercy and grace, but, but we do try to look at context a lot and uh, we try to give the Bible in historical context and the principles as they apply to us, as we look at these stories, like we're going through uh, Saul's life right now and how God changed him and used him. And I think one thing we can pray is that God would use these missionaries down in Haiti in the same way he changed Paul's heart that he would change their heart. And I'm going to share a story this week, um, probably today, I think, about a lady from um, um, over in Romania that had somebody that was about to kill her because she was a believer. And God changed her heart or changed his heart, and now he's a believer. And so he, God is an amazing God. Nobody's beyond the scope of his power or his grace. And we just need to keep these uh, missionaries lifted up, pray for Colin Powell's family, uh, and uh, continue to pray for the leaders of our country as we seek to live for Christ in our, our world. Yeah, and stick with us because we will be back with more after the break. We'd like to give a special thanks to our sponsors, Ace Door and Window, as well as a special thanks to our sponsors, Tom Neal Trucking, and a special thanks to Jeff Andrews of Highway to Eternity Ministries. If you would like to sponsor the program, you can email us at Doug at SWATradio.com. That's Doug, D-O-U-G, at SWATradio.com. And you can also follow us on Facebook and Twitter at SWAT Radio Talk is the handle. That is at SWAT Radio Talk. You are listening to SWAT Radio. Stay tuned. We'll be back with more after the break. 
This program has the potential to reach millions of men each week. If you'd like to learn how you can support this unique program that is helping men understand the truth about Jesus through God's Word and how to impact their lives and the lives of others, then go to www.swatradio.com. Then click on the donate link to help SWAT Radio pass on the truth for the next generation. We're so grateful for having people like Tom Neal Truck Company sponsoring SWAT Radio. Tom Neal Truck Company is located at 417 Edgewood Avenue South in Jacksonville, Florida. Tom Neal is a full-service franchise truck dealer for Freightliner, Western Star, Volvo, Isuzu, and Sprinter vans offering new and used truck sales, service, parts, and truck rental, and leasing to the North Florida and South Georgia truck market. More information on Tom Neal Truck Company is located at www.tomneal.com. That's www.tomnehl.com. Why you ever chose me has always been a mystery. All my life I've been told I belong at the end of the line. With all the other not quite, with all the never get it right. That is Nobody by Casting Crowns. Welcome back to SWAT Radio. SWAT stands for Spiritual Warriors Advancing Truth. And if you are just joining us, we are looking at Acts chapter 9. Oh, wait. Yes. Chapter 9. You're right. You got it. Getting all confused now. Uh, Chapter 9, verses 20 through 31, um, talking about Saul just after his conversion. Um, And so that is what we are getting into. We have not looked at that yet this week, obviously, since it's Monday. So if you are here now, awesome. You are going to be able to start fresh with us, and hopefully you last throughout the rest of the week, and you can listen to everything that we're talking about. Doug's going to share a pretty powerful story, uh, I think, later today that uh, really exemplifies some of the stuff that we were talking about. Yeah, and I want to give a shout-out to our brother who is with the St. John's County Sheriff's Office who listens to us every day, who wrote us and. First, I just want to thank you for taking the time to write. Yeah, uh, it means a lot, and thank you for serving out there. Mm-hmm. Um, appreciate your service uh, and serving at night in that capacity is a very tough time to serve. And I know you you acknowledged in your email that you see a lot of the evils um, out at that. You know, bad mm-hmm. things happen at night a lot of times. People are, I mean, bad things happen in the daytime, but they tend to get more. Uh, active at night a lot of times because it's dark and people tend to i guess i don't know the demons come out I guess, <laughs> what's more. that old say, saying nothing good happens after midnight nothing good yeah. uh, i remember my old chemistry teacher used to say you can't hoot with the owls at night and soar with the eagles the next day <laughs> he put that on every test man uh he's in meridian what was in meridian mississippi that's mr ernest smith man i, I miss that guy he was he was a uh he was a good guy um but um and now he's in heaven. Uh, now he's with Jesus. Awesome. So uh, anyway, um, I'm so grateful uh, to uh, be able to open up God's word today in Acts 9. You know, if you are just tuning in, uh, and my encouragement to that uh, law enforcement brother uh, with St. John's is, you know, things are evil, but Paul was very, very uh, motivated to do evil things. And he hurt a lot of people. He killed people. He put people in jail, men and women, 
and uh, not for breaking the laws of the society, but really just because they love Jesus. They consider Jesus a blasphemer. And what we saw last week was how God, even in the midst, this guy, I mean, Saul wasn't looking for God. He wasn't looking for Jesus. But God in his mercy gave Saul a divine invitation and invited him. Uh, He humbled him, first of all. He blinded him, but he invited him to stop running from him and start following him. And that's what he did. And he he was able to do that because of God's divine mercy in his life. Uh, he appro- he was able to appropriate the faith to respond to God's invitation because of God's mercy. You know, Ephesians 2 says, For by grace you've been saved through faith. It's a gift of God, not of works, lest any man should boast. It all also says in Ephesians 2.10, what we were created for what? Good works. And remember Saul... Uh, before he had ever had an idea to do a good work for God. He thought he was, but mm-hmm. he didn't know God. But but God told Ananias, hey, he was chosen. He's my chosen instrument. So God knew what he wants to do. And over in Galatians 1, Paul himself says before time began, God had a plan for him. And so because of God's divine mercy, he says, Saul is going to be mine. And that led Saul into this divine relationship. We looked. The first thing Saul did for three days was pray. He just prayed. He didn't eat, didn't drink. He just prayed because he he was first time communing with God through Jesus. And, and that's like spiritual breathing we talked about. And then finally, we saw in verses 10 through 19 when Ananias came into the picture that because of this divine invitation that was accompanied by God's divine mercy— which brought him into a divine relationship with the father. He now also had a divine family because he had lots of brothers and sisters around the world who were also uh, very loyal to God more than they were uh, to their own fears because Ananias was afraid. Yeah, He goes, I've heard about this guy and, and I'm afraid. And God said, you don't have to be afraid. He's my instrument. And we saw him go in there. He prayed for Saul and and then Saul was baptized. And it was just awesome. And it says that Saul, at the end of 19, hung with the disciples there in Damascus, the very ones that he went in to persecute. He now hung with, prayed with, fellowshiped with, talked about Scripture with. And I just would have loved to have been a fly on the wall at that first Bible study with those guys in <laughs> Damascus that Saul walked in. Yeah, you know, right. that would have been that would have been something, wouldn't it? I mean, see, when we read stuff like that in the Bible, like it, it all all it says in the text is for some days he was with the disciples at Damascus. Well, that's not very exciting. <laughs> you read that. I mean, it's it's God's word. But I'm just saying that's a, a passing statement. And, and I think Luke and we'll see this often in Luke's writings. He, he doesn't want the emphasis ever to be on Saul. In fact, he doesn't even give us that much about what happened uh, in Saul's life because there's there's years that go by that he doesn't mention mm-hmm. except with a passing statement. And so when you see he was with the disciples at Damascus, imagine yourself if, you know, all of a sudden you hear, you know, um, I don't know, let's say the head of al-Qaeda becomes a believer. Mm-hmm. 
and he shows up at your Bible study, and you're looking at this guy, and you're going, okay, this is interesting. He's here. Uh, isn't that, I mean, to think about that, it, it kind of takes you back to put it in setting, right. right? And so this week, as we look at what's happening with Saul, who's still Saul to the people, and he's still the guy that killed Christians, he's still the guy that threw people in jail, but now he's had this supposed life change. We see that um, in Saul, things that we're supposed to see in our life, and there's there's you know four things in this narrative text that I want to have people look at this week with us on Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday. Uh, we're going to look at these four, and then uh, y'all can talk about it Friday, you and Brad. Um, but uh, one of them is living out a new mission. Saul's mission before he had the encounter with Jesus was to arrest and his mission was to arrest Christians to put a, he was trying to stamp out the name of Jesus. So he was completely opposed. So this is a new mission and God called him to live out this new mission. Once he was uh, transformed and he does you and me too, if we're his second, he proclaimed a new message. It was no longer keep the law. It was no longer you, you've got to go to the temple and do the sacrifices. It was now, Jesus is the son of God. You need to put your faith in him. You need to trust him. You need to believe in him. That was the new message. And then also we are called to trust a new power. Saul prior to, yeah, he believed in God, but he didn't have God's power in him when he was doing the things he was doing. He was operating under Saul's power. And so many people that are professing Christians think they're believers They've never been baptized in the Holy Spirit. They're religious people just like Saul was, but they have never been baptized in the Spirit. They, they're they not b- true believers. They're operating in the flesh, but they may be doing religious things. They may be going to church. They may be reading their Bible. They may be giving money, going on mission trips. Those things aren't, aren't, aren't nothing if you don't have Jesus. Yeah. Um, I, I think that so often... You know, we we look at our accomplishments or we look at the things that we have, and I think it was one of the Von Trapp people, uh, you know, the uh, mm-hmm. Sound, Sound of Music view yeah. that said that if you have a life without Jesus, it's like um, having a bunch of zeros with nothing in front of it. Hmm. But if you have Jesus, he's the one in front of all the zeros. So you can have 10 zeros worth of stuff, but if you don't have Jesus, you got nothing. But if you have Jesus, you put a one in front of ten zeros, you got a lot. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? Yeah, that's, and that makes a it's yeah. a really good thought when you think about that. And Saul was operating under his own power, but but he'd been called to this new power. And finally, ultimately what he's called to is a new master. We don't like that term a lot today because of the whole slavery thing. Um but but Christ is a good master. He's a good dictator you know he's a benevolent dictator who's righteous and good he's not a, a task master uh like the jewish people had in egypt he is a good master and he's called us to to follow him as our master we're no longer our masters when we follow him and and saul gets that because you see saul being told to do things that probably stretched him to have to do and he did them 
He did a lot of things that would have stretched me. Mm-hmm. I mean, I, I read about in Second Corinthians 11, five times he was uh, beaten 39 lashes, three times beaten with rods. He was stoned. So, so we see him following this new master. And so those are the things we're going to look at. Specifically today, we're going to look at a new mission. And so I'm going to have you read the text in verse 20. Uh, down to verse 31 and when we come back from the news we're gonna we're gonna kind of go through these verses in 20 uh, specifically we'll look at just really probably verse 21 uh, the first part of it today and talk about what it means to live out this new mission how it related to uh, Saul and how it relates to us all right and immediately he proclaimed Jesus in the synagogue saying he is the son of God and all who heard him were amazed and said Is not this the man who made havoc in Jerusalem of those who called upon this name? And has he not come here for this purpose, to bring them bound before the chief priests? But Saul increased all the more in strength and confounded the Jews who lived in Damascus by proving that Jesus was the Christ. When many days had passed, the Jews plotted to kill him, but their plot became known to Saul. They were watching the gates day and night in order to kill him, but his disciples took him by night and led him down through an opening in the wall, lowering him in a basket. And when he had come to Jerusalem, he attempted to join the disciples, and they were all afraid of him, for they did not believe that he was a disciple. But Barnabas took him and brought him to the apostles and declared to them how on the road he had seen the Lord who spoke to him, and how at Damascus he had preached boldly in the name of Jesus. So he went in and out among them at Jerusalem, preaching boldly in the name of the Lord. And he spoke and disputed against the Hellenists, but they were seeking to kill him, And when the brothers learned this, they brought him down to Caesarea and sent him off to Tarsus. So the church throughout all Judea and Galilee and Samaria had peace and was being built up. And walking in the fear of the Lord and in the comfort of the Holy Spirit, it multiplied. You won't see that phrase too often in Scripture where it says the church had peace. Mm. Yeah. Wow. I mean, like you think about what the church is going through today in a lot of parts of the world. So... Yeah, really cool stuff. When we come back, we're going to look at this new mission and what it means to live out. All right, so stick with us. We will be back with more after the news. We'd like to give a shout-out to our listeners listening in Virginia at the Lighthouse, as well as in Meridian, Mississippi, listening on WMER, and all of our local listeners, 91.7 here in Jacksonville, 91.9 in St. Augustine, and 91.3 in Folkestone, Georgia. We'd also like to give a shout-out to our listeners listening online, wherever you are in the country or around the world. You're listening to SWAT Radio. Stay tuned. We'll be back with more after the news. SWAT Radio. That was David Crowder with Red Letters, right? Yes. Yes, yes. Not all my hope. I knew it. I knew it. I got a little confused there for a second. But yes, that's David Crowder with Red Letters. If you are just joining (laughs) us, we're looking at Acts chapter 9, verses 20 through 31, talking about Saul as he is starting to live out a new mission after he has uh, had his conversion experience with Jesus um, so that is where we're at. We just read the, the scripture passage. Again, that's verse 9 
or excuse me, chapter 9, verses 20 through 31. And now we're going to be getting into uh, really looking at verse 21 today. Yeah, just one verse. Isn't that crazy? I mean, you can just take, because in the context, you got to remember what's going on. And we want, we, I talked a little bit about the context before we, uh, in the other, the other segment there, the, uh, the second segment, uh, remember when, um, Saul had, um, been prayed for by Ananias, he was baptized mm-hmm. and then he, he ate something. And then the next statement in verse 19, as we closed last week was for some days he was with the disciples at Damascus. So we don't know exactly how long that was, uh, you know, um, some days it, it just, it's an indefinite, it, I mean, um, it's an unspecified amount. Mm-hmm. It's not a long amount. Um, it's, um, but it's for some days he was with the disciples at Damascus. And while he was there, the next statement is what's striking in verse 20. And that's what we're looking at today. It says, and immediately, immediately he proclaimed Jesus in the synagogues. But now he's going to the very places that he was, um, going to arrest the Christians for trying to evangelize in. Yeah. And now something's happened. I mean, he's, he's not going to get the Christians who were going in there doing it. He's doing it. And he didn't wait. He didn't go through evangelism 101 training. He had not been to seminary. Uh, he had not uh, been schooled with the apostles. In fact, we re- read in Galatians, it says he didn't go consult with the apostles right away. He went in. And he started teaching and proving Jesus. And you read it. And the Greek word for immediately is the word eutheos. And it literally, it just means instantly, straight away. I mean, like right away. And he goes into this and he proclaimed Jesus in the synagogues. And notice when he did it and where he did it. He went to the very place that he came from. Mm-hmm. I mean, he didn't go back to Jerusalem, but he's going into these synagogues, places that he would have been a staunch, um, really uh, enemy of Jesus being proclaimed. And now he's an advocate for Jesus. And so the first thing we see in that he's living out this new mission. And what is the mission? Proclaiming Jesus. That is the new mission. That's, that's the, that's the overarching theme and why do we know that back in verse 15 which you go back to what we covered last week when god told ananias he's a chosen instrument of mine to bear my name before the nations and kings and sons of israel i mean last week and 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 he's telling him ananias is is being told i mean by jesus he's my instrument mm-hmm not just God, Jesus. He is God. You know, but American, not a, not just Americans, a lot of people in general, they, they don't have a problem talking about God. But when you talk about Jesus, it becomes a dividing line. Hmm. I mean, try that. You can talk about God in a general sense and people, people, oh, yeah, I believe in mm-hmm. God. Yeah. Yeah, but do you believe Jesus is the way, the truth, and life? Nobody comes to the Father except through him. It, they, they don't like the exclusivity of Jesus. 
and people blow back on that. They don't like it. And you and I were talking about one guy we'll talk about tomorrow during the first segment. And, and he says what you told me is what I've heard a lot of people say in my life. When people don't like the new Testament after the gospel, I mean, after acts, like anything after acts, they usually say, well, I don't like Paul. Mm-hmm. Why? Cause they don't like what Paul writes. They don't like, but they attribute that to Paul, yeah. not to God. Yeah. And Paul wrote what God inspired him to write. Mm-hmm. And, and so here he's on a new mission and when he goes in there and he's proclaiming Jesus in the synagogues, and this is what I I was trying to share at the SWAT meeting last week. Jesus was proclaiming himself through Saul. Hmm. Remember the divine invitation? Now the divine invitation is going into the synagogues to those Jews who their whole life had been told a Messiah was coming. Yeah. But they didn't understand Isaiah 53. They didn't understand uh, Jeremiah passages, Ezekiel passages about Messiah. And and Saul goes in there, and he starts doing it. And you know what verse 22 says? You read it. It says, he confounded the Jews who lived in Damascus by proving that he was a Christ. So he's on this mission. And so as you're listening out there, what is your mission? When you wake up in the morning, is it to provide for your family? If you're, you know, if, if that's your mission, uh, I, I think a lot of people think that's their mission. Is it to be a good husband or a good wife, uh, a good parent? Those are all noble things, but that is not your mission on earth. If you're God's child, your mission is to be an ambassador for Jesus Christ, first and foremost, mm-hmm. above every other priority in your life, wherever you go. Otherwise, he would bring you home. He wants you, and it may be to be an ambassador to your family, but you are to be an ambassador wherever you go, whoever you meet. Uh, And that doesn't mean you take a a 20-pound Bible and you're waving around wherever you walk, but you go understanding that wherever you go, you represent Jesus. I don't know that we always operate under that mission yeah. And, and you know, I, I was I shared with a couple of guys in the military who were in SWAT. I, in every group, I have military guys, former military guys. And I would say, when you know, and I'll use myself as an example here. When I was in the Marine Corps, when I woke up in the morning, I didn't get to pick what I did for that day. Oh, I may have some freedom. Like, let's say I'm on leave. Like, let's say I put in for a request and ask for some time off to go be with my family. At any moment, any time... The U.S. government can say, nope, that's canceled. Why? Because the general of the Marine Corps says, I want him back. He mm-hmm. is, that's who I'm reporting to. And he's reporting to Secretary of Defense and, and the Joint Chiefs, Secretary of Defense, and the President. And so I'm not, I, I, I don't get the option to do that. Why? Because the mission drove everything. The mission drove everything for the Marine Corps. That mission was to kill the enemy. The, the Marine Corps' mission was not to defend America. I mean, it, 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 I mean, we, our mission was to kill the enemy. That's what was drilled mm-hmm. into me from day one. Now, I never had to take a life. I was very blessed. I never had to shoot anybody. I never had to drop a bomb on anybody. I, I, I just was blessed in that way not to have to do that, but that's what I trained for. And every day I was aware that was my mission. Who determined whether I did that or not? The commanding general. Yeah. 
Well, in the same way, your mission should drive everything you do as a believer. If you're his, you're on a new mission. Your mission is not what you thought it was. It's not just to get up and exist. It's not just to go to work. It's not just to produce money, not to produce a safe family. Your mission is to represent him. You live out a new mission, and that mission is Jesus. Like my friend Jack Turpin used to say, Jesus, Jesus, Jesus. That's your mission. And my question is, when you think about your mission, is that what you think of? If somebody were to ask you, what's your mission, what do you think your mission is? Yeah, I think most people would just be like, well, I'm going to the grocery store today, right? Yeah. But, you know, you're talking about being in, like being a, in, in the service, right? And that kind of got me thinking, if I see somebody, you know, you say you're, you, you might be gone, but um, like if I see somebody in uniform going to Walmart or something, I know who they are just by looking at them, right? And they know that they're representing that uniform that they have on. And I think in the similar vein, um, we need to do in everything that we do, need to make sure that we are ambassadors for Christ, like you say. And, and a lot of people think that means I have to be, um, y- you know, uh, out on the street corner, you know, being a street preacher all the time. But no, that means that in the grocery store with your kids, you're patient with them and you show love to them and people happen to see that, right? And that's part of being an ambassador, ambassador that in every aspect of your life, you let Christ be the king of how you respond and how you behave. And obviously that's going to uh, entail um, preaching the gospel, but it's it's more than just that. It's how you do your yard and stuff like that. You know what I mean? And that's not the mentality that we have. But when you're talking about in a uniform, that really made me think about, hey, that person's off duty, but they're in this store. But, 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 and I but know. their mission mm-hmm. focus, their mission drives, and that's what I'm saying. We have a new mission when we're in Christ. When we follow Jesus and are baptized by the Spirit, God calls us to live out a new mission, that mission that supersedes everything else is Jesus. Now, that doesn't mean that you can't do those other things, but the mission that always supersedes that at any moment, the commanding general could say, okay, I want you to set aside this and go do this because that's the new mission. Saul knew that. Immediately he goes into the synagogues, yeah. and that's what we see. Uh, there was another – there's a lady over in uh, 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 Romania who was an attorney. Her name was Virginia Pradon. And, um, you know, in Romania under Ceausescu, the attorneys just rubber stamp whatever the government and the communists wanted, right? But one day a Christian came into her office with a case, and she listened to him, and she saw something different in him. She'd seen him before, and he shared the gospel because he was on mission. She trusted Christ, and her whole life changed. And what happened after that was um, she... Uh, got baptized. After getting baptized, she began defending fellow Christians who were accused of smuggling Bibles in, having worship services in their home when Ceausescu was cracking down. Well, this made her a target, but she didn't care. That was her mission. And um, she'd go to her uh, car. Her, her tires would be slashed. Her children and clients were threatened. Uh, one day, uh, her daughter and her were held, her daughters and her were held under house arrest. And for almost uh, a month, they were under house arrest. Then she was kidnapped. She was pushed into moving traffic, beaten by secret police. For her, uh, their own protection, her friends and coworkers began distancing themselves from her. And yet, her greatest test was yet to come. 
And you're going to have to stay tuned to hear it because I'm going to share that because Virginia's story is powerful. And I'm going to share that when we come back. It is powerful, so make sure you stay tuned. We will be back with more after the break. want to let you know you can download our SWAT app in the App Store. You're listening to SWAT Radio. Stay tuned. We'll be right back. If you'd like to contact SWAT Radio, the toll-free number is 1-844-777-7928. That's 844-777-7928 or 844-777-SWAT. You can also listen to this program through the WTRJ The Truth app from the App Store or over the Internet by accessing www.swatradio.com. We'll be back shortly for further discussion and to take your calls. SWAT Radio is brought to you in part by Ace Door and Window Service, Inc. Ace Door and Window Service, Inc. is a full-service sales door and window installation company. Both of the owners are licensed contractors and are involved in the daily operations of the company. All of their trucks are company-owned and fully equipped. Their mission is to provide Jacksonville and the surrounding area with door and window replacement services. To learn more, call 904-701-3667. That's 904-701-DOOR. Or online at www.acedoor.com. That is Need to Breathe with Brother. They were just in concert up in Charleston, my siblings. Oh, I would have loved to yeah. seen them, man. Yeah. I love Need to Breathe. I yeah. wish they were here. You know who else I love? And Steve, as as we kind of go in this, I'm going to go back to the story, but I'm playing Christmas music in my car now. You know what? And I'm going <laughs> to start in November, which is only, man, we're only 12 days yeah. away, you know, we're going to start doing Christmas music in November to get ready because I think we ought to play Christmas music all year because there's really good theology in a lot of those Christmas songs. Yeah. You know, like Jingle Bell, Jingle Bell, Jingle Bell. No, <laughs> no. but anyway, um, that, yeah, we're going to start doing that. But, yeah, I was I was playing some with my – but I, I was thinking of Need to Breathe, but Pentatonics, they're mm. doing a Christmas tour. I want to oh, go nice. so bad. I don't know if we'll be able to go. They're out in Houston and Dallas. They don't come to Jacksonville, man. What's up with that? I don't know, man. What's up with that? I remember that show. I like that. I can't wait. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Anyway, um, I want to get back to this story about Virginia for those people listening. Virginia Perdon, again, this sweet sister, uh, new believer, being persecuted by the secret p- police under Ceausescu. I want you to just think, if you if you didn't hear a story I just shared she'd become a believer. She starts representing Christians as an attorney under Ceausescu, who was this brutal dictator, and she became a target. She was uh, uh, threatened, held under house arrest, kidnapped, bullied, uh, beaten by the secret police. And I don't know that anybody listening has experienced that. Most people haven't here in this country yet, but we may. Who knows? Uh, these people down in in uh, Haiti, who knows what they're going through? There's 
There's Christians that are brutalized and murdered all over the world. Have you ever thought how you might respond in that situation? How you would respond to uh, the government coming in where you don't have a right? Those people didn't have the rights were taken away Mm -hmm. under Ceausescu. And so here she is in her office and her assistant comes in and says, listen, there's a big man in the waiting room saying he wants to discuss a case. He wants to discuss a case with you. And that's all he'll tell me. So she looked through the door and saw this huge guy. And he came in and sat down in front of her desk and his eyes, she said, bore a hole straight through her. And slowly he pulled back his coat and he pulled a gun out of a holster, pointed the gun at her and said, you failed to heed the warnings that you've been given. And he said, I've come here to finish the matter once and for all. He flexed his finger and she said she heard a click like, like, like with every gun, you can hear a click as the, as the trigger sets, Mm. you know, you reach Mm -hmm. a certain point and you hear a, and she heard that and she and she heard him say i'm here to kill you what would you do in that moment i mean that's a pretty sobering moment right there because it better be real for you Mm -hmm. Uh, and it was i mean and that's the thing like about romania during uh, ceausescu's time you didn't see a lot of false converts over there because these people knew it was a big deal and they would be persecuted she said her hands shook um, she trim her chin was trembling. She had this image go through her mind of her assistant coming in the morning and finding her dead body on the floor. She was alone in that room with her killer. And yet she wasn't alone. She said, I began silently praying right then and there, recalling God's promises. She hadn't been a believer that long. But she was recalling what God said, and and God's spirit breathed peace into her heart. And at that moment, she sensed God moving her to share the gospel with this guy. Now, that's bold. You got a gun pointed at your head, and she's thinking about this guy's soul. She said, as I looked at those hate-filled eyes, I realized he was a creation of God. I realized that he had an immortal soul that he needed to know the love of Christ. And she began sharing with him, and what she shared, she said, have you ever asked yourself why I exist? Have you ever asked why am I here? What's the meaning of life? I once asked myself those questions, she said, and she said, as I'm talking to him, I was amazed at how calm my voice was. There was the power of the Spirit. Mm Mm-hmm. And she said, slowly he slid his gun back into his holster. And she leaned forward at that point and said, you're here because God put you here. And he's putting you to a test. Will you abide by God or the will of man? Your boss, President Ceausescu, who requires you to worship him. God has given you the ability to choose. His eyes soften and... She said, the truth is that we've all been corrupted from God. We all are sinners, and sin, our sin has determined our future. She said, the Bible says people are destined to die once, and then they're going to face the judgment. His mouth fell open. She said his hands were very relaxed, 
And then she said, but the good news is that for God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son, that whoever would believe in him would place their faith in Jesus, then they will never perish. They'll have eternal life. And she began to talk, and she said, the more I began to talk to him, he began to shrink in front of my eyes. I mean, I, I began to see this enormous man was not as big as he was. Isn't it funny how our perception makes people look mm-hmm. and stuff? And she said, finally, he brought his hands to his forehead and said, you're right. The people who sent me here are crazy. I do need Jesus. And he promised, he said, I'm going to come to your church and I, I will be a secret brother in Christ. And I will worship your powerful God. See, at that moment, he was not his God yet. He was still her God. But he was so powerful because that required a lot of courage for her to do that. Mm-hmm. But her mission drove everything. It was greater than even her own life pre- preservation skills at that moment. She wasn't pleading for her life. She was pleading for his soul. Think about that. And at that moment, my killer walked away. A saved brother, she said, because he went on to enroll in a seminary, and we keep in touch to this day, and he, like me, was found by the truth. And neither of us will ever be afraid to speak it again. Because why? Because they're on a new mission. Virginia Prodon is today an international human rights attorney, and she also serves with Alliance Defending Freedom. And she has wrote a book where you can read about this story called Saving My Assassin. Mm. Think about that. How God used her. Why? Because she was on a new mission. What about you? Paul was Saul still at this point, but immediately it says he proclaimed in the synagogues because he was on this new mission. What was his mission? Jesus, Jesus, Jesus. And, you know, he confounded the Jews. Why? Because he he was proclaiming Jesus. We're going to see this tomorrow, this new message that he's proclaiming as we look in verses 21 and 22, because he's going in and he's claiming Jesus is the Son of God. And we're going to look at what that means tomorrow. But isn't that encouraging, man, just to think about how God took Saul and in a moment now, instead of locking people up, he's trying to free them. Yeah. And, you know, it's cool, too, that you, you said something earlier that he sent Paul back where he came from, basically, into the synagogues. And the same with the story that you, you shared. Um, you, you know, Virginia Perdon is now a human rights activist, works for Alliance Defending Freedom. But before even that, when she first had an encounter with a Christian, she started defending Christians in the course, which is what she was trained in. And it's just cool how God, you know, he knows his tools, basically, and knows how to... Um, to We're chosen instruments. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I mean, if you think you're a pilot in the Marine Corps because you're good, you're a good pilot and God, you know, no, you're a pilot in the Marine Corps because God wants that to be part of your resume. Mm. You, whatever you're a teacher because God wants that to be part of your resume. Yeah. You're you're a, a mom who stays at home and raises their kids because God wants that to be part of your resume. Whatever you do as you serve God, if you're if you are watching him and obeying him and following him, whatever those desires are, because let's face it, 
some women have desires to 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 be a stay-at-home mom. Mm-hmm. Some some men have have desires to do different things, whatever they are. Some women have desires to go to college and go into the workforce. If you're if you are following God, trust Him. Maybe maybe don't don't fall in just because everybody else does it. Right. Do what God puts on your heart to do. Sometimes it may not make sense to the people around you. If you're reading his word, you're in communion with him, let him determine where you carry out your mission. See, this is our this is our breakdown because we think our mission may be to be a pilot or mm-hmm. to be an FBI agent or to be a teacher. That's not your mission. Right. That's your mission field. Yeah. That's our mission field wherever we are daily carrying out our activities. And if it's a mom who's at home, when you go to the grocery store, when you go uh, to uh, run errands, when you're going to the gym, wherever you're going, whatever you're doing, whether you're walking on the beach or whether you're, um, you know, I don't know, whatever you're doing, if you're meeting with friends in your neighborhood, you're always on mission. Yeah. And it's and that's a little overwhelming because I don't think we think about that. They were on Paul was on mission his whole life after that. Yeah, and he's a great model for us yep. to look at. And yeah. he says, "Imitate me, what as, as I a, imitate Christ." Because yeah. was Jesus never not on mission? No, yeah. he was always on mission. Exactly. All right, that is all the time we've got for today. You have been listening to SWAT Radio. If you missed any of this program or would like to listen to past programs, please visit us at www.swatradio.com. That's www.swatradio.com. Or you can listen to our podcast by searching SWAT Radio, and you can also download our SWAT app in the App Store. Join us weekdays at 3 o'clock for more SWAT Radio. We will see you then. Thanks for tuning in. Hope you have a great day. If you missed a SWAT radio broadcast this week and would like to hear any show in its entirety, then go to SWATradio.com. Click on Past Shows, where you can listen to the broadcast. Also, if you're looking for a band of brothers that gather around God's Word to be a part of, then go to SWATradio.com and email one of our hosts, and they can get you plugged in to one of the local SWAT Bible studies. Tune in next time to explore how SWAT radio is strengthening